0: Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. First to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Brother Allen taught last week. Did you enjoy that? Amen. I'm going to go ahead and pick up where I left off two weeks ago. We were studying love. Love is part of the fruit of the Spirit. We were studying it in Uh, conjunction with faith to pray, faith worketh by love, how in our prayer life it is definitely hindered when we make a decision not to walk in love in every area of our lives. Uh, Many times uh, God will afford us great opportunities to walk in love knowing that as we walk in love it fuels our faith. How many of you have ever noticed that? When you really step out and believe God for something, then somebody will rise up in your life that you'd rather murder than love. Amen. Well, might as well just be honest. You'd rather get mad at them. You'd rather hate them. Amen. The Bible says to hate is just like being a murderer. So that's what what it's saying. So we've got to understand that love, like is explained or talked to us in the Bible, is not the human kind or the man kind of love. It's the God kind of love. It is agape. It is unconditional. Now listen, I want you to know that if you try to take the love of the world phileo or eros or any other loves you know you 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 love your piano you love your dog or you love your wife or your child if you try to take the human type of love and operate in the god kind of love like that love will always be a weakness because that type of love is based on a feeling It's based on emotion, and it's also based on equality. You say, what do you mean? Uh, You cannot love somebody naturally without them loving you back. Amen? Now, infatuation is different. Infatuation is never good. If you're infatuated with somebody, then get delivered from that. Amen. Infatuation will always drive you up the wall. It will always drive you crazy. It will always force you to do things you wish you'd never done. Amen. So, here's the good news. We can learn to walk in the God kind of love, just like we learn to walk in the God kind of faith. And when we do, and as we do, we begin to understand the difference between human love and godly love. Human love demands a feeling. Human love demands an emotion. God kind of love demands an action. Not many amens on that one. You say, what do you mean? Well, you will not really find much emotion mixed into the God kind of love. You will not feel. Many times God will say, you need to love this person. That person may irritate you. It may rub you the wrong way every way you can be rubbed. Amen. I mean, you may think, Lord, I want to be on the other side of the planet from this individual, but it seems like every day they're in my face. What can I do? And the Lord will say, love them. And you will say, I don't feel like it. And God will say, I didn't ask you to feel like it. I asked you to love them. You say, Lord, how do I do that? See, how we usually do that with people that irritate us in our life, we figure that if we'll stay away from them, we will not be forced into a confrontation that proves we don't love them. Amen. So we play the game of avoidance. We practice avoidance and think avoidance is love when really love is the ability to interact with somebody that you'd rather not be around and interact with them kindly rationally and with the love of God in your heart so that you don't ever put them down or you never cause them stress or, or, or distress in such a way that they feel like in your presence or around you they're being rejected. There's always an air of acceptance in your life as you love them. You may not find the emotion to do that but if you'll do it by faith with the love of God in your heart you will learn how to love people. Amen. That's one thing we've learned here at, at, at Island Church. You say, Pastor, why did you go spend? We spent thousands of dollars yesterday. It cost thousands of dollars to put on. I think we were looking the other day over ten, maybe $12,000 to put on an outreach like that. Give away shoes. Give away backpacks. Give away food. Bless the people. You say, why do you do that? Number one, because God loves them, but the only way God can love them is through us. You did not really find an emotional connection to anyone out out at the street outreach yesterday. You did not find something that really uh, came into your heart and emotionally stimulated you. What you did is you went down there with acts of kindness. You smiled. You greeted people. You hugged people. You talked to people. You did all of those type of things. And you interacted on a level of agape or the God kind of love, making them feel accepted and not rejected. Amen. And you came away from there unemotionally fulfilled but spiritually fulfilled which made the other not even relevant in the first place. So we begin to look in 1 Corinthians 13. Let's look at it again. This is what I'd like to call the standards of love. This is how God loves us. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. We've, we've gone through most of this, but I'm going to come down to the part we left off last time. It says in verse 4, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love is never envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude or unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly. Love or God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. Now let me say something about that right there. That's not talking about letting people run over you. The love of God in your life is not a weakness, it is a great strength. Let me say that again. The love of God in your life is not a weakness, but it is a great strength. The key to that scripture is that it does not insist on its own rights or its own way. The key is the next phrase. It is not Self-seeking. You say, what do you, know? what do you mean? In areas where you would put yourself first and others behind you, when it's convenient, when it's inconvenient, you make the exception and you yield. We use the illustration of you coming in to church, you know, on a Sunday morning. You always sit in the same seat. You always have the same place. But you walk in some Sunday morning and there's somebody sitting in, quote, your seat. You know, Christians become territorial, amen especially when they start coming to a church over a period of months and years they become very territorial and they think well that's my place that's right that's it is your place it is your seat we miss you when you're not there amen but you come in and somebody's sitting in quote my seat and then not only that when you pulled into your parking place they were parked in your parking place so you look around for Pastor, for Pastor Allen, or you look around for, uh, for Brother Lucio or Brother Todd or one of the other ushers because you want to say something to them about this person who is sitting in my seat and parking in my parking place because you don't think that's fair or right. But love recognizes that that person may be in a crisis of life, that that person needs to hear the Word of God, that that person needs to be accepted and not rejected. Therefore, love will park somewhere else and do it kindly and do it happily, and love will sit somewhere else and do it kindly and do it happily. It's not self-seeking. Amen? So, it's not self-seeking. It is not, this is where we left off the last time, it is not touchy, fretful, or resentful. Touchy in the present, resentful in the past, fretful in the future. Love can deal with all of the hurts of your life, past, present, and future. You say, what do you mean future? There are things that if you do not let love cover it, you're already hurt before you ever get there. You're already hurt before you ever get. So what is it in your life that you're touchy about? Say, well, pastor, every time you get on character, I have such a hard time with that. Every time you start talking about doing this or being this or doing that, every time you start talking about love, every time I tell you, I've been so wronged, I've been so harmed, I've been so offended. Every time you talk about that, I'm just so touchy. Well, that's because back in your past, you've had some incidents in your past that you greatly regret. You regret them. You're resentful. You're so sorry you did this. You're so sorry you were involved in that. I should have never done this, never done that. So you have this great resentment, this regret in your life. Therefore, because you've not been healed of your past, you're touchy in the present. Every time it gets brought up, you get emotional. Every time it gets brought up, it over-challenges you. Every time you get brought up, it sets you back because you revert back to the hurt of your past. Are you with me? You're touchy in the present, therefore your future has no hope in it because you know that there is a possibility that that same behavior might show up in your life or be performed against you and you're going to end up back in the same place of hurt that you were and that's why you're touchy. What do I do, pastor? You learn to cover it with love. You learn to forgive. You learn to speak to your past. You say, how do I speak to my past? You declare you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have what? Passed away. You begin to tell your past. You are powerless against me. You cannot hold me down. You cannot keep me from the destiny of God. You're not going to stop success in my life. You're not going to cause me to be hurting all the time. I may have been hurt. I may have been wounded, and all of us have, but I'm not going to live under the scars of that the rest of my life, stay touchy in the present, and be fretful when it comes to the future. So I'm going to choose to love. You may have to forgive someone. Somebody may have treated you very wrongly, and you have every right in the world to hate them. You have every right in the world to be offended at them. You have every right to be vengeful, but you make a decision I'm going to speak love. You say, well, they're already dead. Well, go ahead and speak love anyway. Go stand at the gravestone if you have to. And you just say in the name of Jesus, you're not going to bind me anymore. I'm not going to be bound by the hurt of what you've caused in my life. I release you. I love you. I forgive you. And I release myself. And I declare myself healed in this situation by the power of the Word of God and by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And if you can do that in the present, do that, excuse me, do that to somebody that's still alive, you have the fortitude and you have the gumption to do it. God will put words in your mouth by the Holy Ghost. You go to those people, you say, I love you, I forgive you, and I want you to know you will not bind me and hold me back and keep me bound to a past hurt so that I have no future. If you don't, you're going to drag a weight with you everywhere you go. You say, that's hard to do. Not if you do it in faith. Not if you do it with the love of God in your heart. You say, well, those people, they they, they hate me just as much as they did when they hurt me. Well, here's the thing. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for you. You're doing it You're doing it to release yourself from the bondage of those things. You're doing it to release yourself from the memory and the hurt. And here's the thing. God's not going to erase your mind. What He'll do is He'll impart grace for you to live with any situation that you ever had to go through in your past. He will give you the grace to continue to walk forward and not allow the mistakes of the past to dictate what your future is going to be. Mm-mm, we could preach a whole message on that. It is not fretful. Touchy, fretful, or resentful. Now, here, here's another. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Now, now, you know, that that's some people say, man, that just you, Pastor, you're talking about letting people just run over you. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about letting people somebody wrongs you, somebody harms you. If you've got legal recourse, you follow that path. That's I don't have any problem with that. But I'm talking about you making a decision. When wrong is done, not to revert to revenge or vengeance, not to live this get even mentality, amen? Because that's the way the world lives. You slap me, I'm going to slap you. You hit me, I'm going to hit you. You, you. you run over my dog, I'll run over your cat. You know what I mean? You just, all that kind of stuff. Listen, that's what wars are fought over. All it takes is a little bit of fire to start a forest fire, amen? Just one spark can do it. And if somebody has wronged you, you learn to walk in love toward them and not to suffer under the hurt of what has wronged you. I know many times people in business, uh, they'll go out and do a job and do it right and do it good, and people won't pay them. And then all of a sudden you'll pick up an offense over that. And you think, man, that person's wronged me. Now listen, it's not wrong. You do what you're supposed to do by law. You need to take them to small claims court. You do. Don't hold it personally. Don't say, you know, I'm getting out of this business. I'm not doing that anymore. Nobody pays me. No, no, no. What you do is you allow yourself to be healed in that situation and healed in that area. You say, well, do I need to release them from the debt? I wouldn't. But I'd love them in the midst of it. I remember, anybody ever heard of Lester Roloff? Lester Roloff was a fire and brimstone preacher. He's probably the reason there is Christian education in the United States today because they fought him every way they could, trying to stop him from his Christian schools down in Corpus Christi. I mean, he took drug addicts right out of the street, people on drugs, and he helped and blessed them. Well, I heard him one time talking about, uh, he, they, somebody asked him, they said, we heard that you abuse uh, the people that come to the to the, uh, to, the, to the to the school, the girls' school and the boys' school. He said, no, we don't abuse them, we, cor- we correct them. He said, how do you correct them? He said, we spank them. He said, you spank them? He said, yeah, we beat the hell out of them. (laughs) Then he said this, but we do it in love. He said, what do you mean by that? He had the fruit to prove it. Oh, many of those people that came out became businessmen, became pastors. He corrected them. He did it according to the Word of God. He would sit them down. He'd show them what the Word said. Then they had a panel of correction that they'd used. They'd use it on women 16, 17, 18 years old, men 17, 18 years old, never been spanked by their parents. But brother, they got into Roloff's home, they got a whipping. Amen. But Roloff did it in love, and it worked when he did it in love. Amen. You've got to make a decision to do things in love. Now notice what it says here. It says, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. It so grieves me in our nation to see the uh, polarity of the races when things happen such such as the thing that happened in Florida. Let me tell you, there were no winners in that. There were no winners in that. It wasn't Trayvon or what was the other guy's name? No winners. It wasn't he's right, he's not right, he's right, he's right. No, there were no winners at all. And then there were those that rejoiced at injustice and others on the other side that rejoiced. Listen, we don't do that. Love does not do that. I remember the OJ case. It polarized the nation. We should not be like that. You say, who was the winner there? Nobody. If you don't believe that, look at OJ today. But love will never fail. What should we have done? Walked in love toward that. I remember when some of the great ministries of the 80s, great evangelists and and those that pioneered television, they fell. And the the big problem with their falling was not their fall, but the unwillingness of the church to restore them because Galatians says, you that are spiritual, restore such a one with a spirit of meekness, at least the same thing come on you. And for years in the church, after those ministries fell, many other ministries suffered divorce, sexual immorality, uh, financial immorality, and all kinds of problems because they were unwilling to walk in love towards some big ministries that fell. We don't rejoice at injustice. When people are hurting, nothing's right about it. Amen? We like mercy, we like grace, we like kindness. We like peace. Are you with me? It does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness. I don't rejoice. I, listen. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't uh, applaud when they you know legalize drugs. Eighteen states in our nation has done it. I don't rejoice when they legalize same sex marriage. I, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's right. People say you can't talk like that. They'll shut your ter- church down. Well, then we'll have it at the beach. Somebody's got to stand for righteousness. Amen? No, we don't rejoice at those things. It says, but it rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. You say, Pastor, I'm just not bearing up under this. Walk in love. No matter what you're going through, in your family, in your physical body, in your finances, at your job, it does not matter. You can bear up under it if you walk in love. You say, how do I do that? You've got the greater one in you. You've got the Holy Ghost. He teaches and guides you into all things. He guides you into all things, teaches you all things. He will show you how if you will ask Him. How do I walk in love in this situation? There's been many times I've had to ask the Lord, Lord, how do I walk in love? I was in a particular situation one time, and I knew, man, I'd stirred some people up. They were upset. And it was because of my obedience to God. I was doing what God had told me to do. And man, it put them aflame. They were a flame of fire against me. These were Christian people. But I made a decision to walk in love toward them. You know what the Lord told me? Shut up. Don't say nothing. Don't defend yourself. Don't defend what you're doing. Just go down there to Galveston and do what I'm calling you to do. And I did it. And God vindicated And we've been blessed ever since. We were able to sleep at night. We didn't didn't get ulcers. We didn't get mad. We didn't get upset. And we prayed over those people, and we prayed and blessed and prayed and blessed them and prayed and blessed them. And to this day, we still walk in love toward them. You have to do it. I said, you have to do it or you'll walk in offense. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Now, here's, here's my tough one. Here's my tough one. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. How many have that problem with me? You know, you look at somebody and you think, oh, my God. Love will look at them and see an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a rich businessman that will give millions of dollars to the church. We look at them and go, oh, my God. But you've got to do what? Learn to believe the best. Learn to. To believe the you say, but pastor, they're an axe murderer. Well maybe God can use them in the penitentiary to get 50 people saved before they give them the, give them the injection. Amen? You've got to learn to believe the best. We don't do that. We tend to judge. This is many times the area in which most of us fall flat on our face, because we're so willing to judge ourselves on our actions, but to judge others on what we think is their motivation. That's why we say to ourselves, I know why they did that. I'll let that sink in a minute. That's not love. That's not love. You need to look at every person and see them as valuable, as someone that God loves, that God cared for, that God sent His only Son. I want you to know if we will do that and begin to value one another, we will much better be able to value ourselves, to value God, and then to value the ones that are unloved by God. I mean, look at Sister Sister Jane that was here this morning. What kind of divine love? Could you imagine her, uh, she started that in 1997. Could you imagine her? what she must have been like in 1995? Happy, carefree, you know, I don't know a whole lot about her life, but I guarantee she's probably up in Houston with a good job and, and just doing good, a woman up there, and then all of a sudden God puts this thing in her heart for these children in Africa. That can, Listen, only love can take you out of the environment of Houston, Texas and all of its comfort and land you in Kenya, Africa to take care of children that are thrown away. I remember the lackeys. I heard their testimony before they ever went to to Botswana. He was a hot shot businessman driving a Porsche, doing all this kind of stuff. He went to Bible school at Lakewood. Brother Teal Osborne came and showed the movie Black Gold about the great revival in Java and all the people that got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and healed. And he went to the bathroom and wept for hours. And he told God, God, there's no way I'm going to Africa. There's no way. And he fell in love with Janet. And Jana came, when Jana, he met Jana, he fell in love with her. And he came and he said, Jana, I want to marry you. And she looked at him and said, I'll marry no man that's not called to Africa. They've been there almost 25 years now. Built a tremendous, that's only the the love of God can do that. And they go to those places and they look at, at people that get thrown in the river and they love them and they care for them. And they love them with the love of God. They see the very best in them. What did they see when they saw little Mapua laying on the ground covered with ants? What did they see? What did they see? What do we see when we see these people walking in through the back door that have been at the outreach, that are on drugs, that have all these problems? What do we see? Do we look through the eyes of love or do we look through the eyes of judgment? The eyes of love will accept and embrace and put their arms around and hold them and say, welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome home. That's what it'll do. Believes the best. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. I love this. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstance. It endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. There's no greater force in the world. There's no greater force in the world than the love of God. If you're struggling in your spiritual walk, listen to me very closely, I'll close with this. If you're struggling in your spiritual walk, say, Pastor, I find it it hard to come to church. I find it hard to pray. I find it hard to read the Bible. I I just find it hard to to just live the Christian life. Check up on your love walk. Where in the past do you have unforgiveness? Say, hey, hey, brother, listen, you know how I've been beat up and hurt. Hey, 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 hold on. We've all been down that road. Every one of us have had things in our life where we have been rejected, where we have been hurt, where we have been abused, we've been misused, We've been taken advantage of. Our emotions have been stomped on. People have made a mockery of us. It's in all of our lives. But when we make a decision to love and forgive, and I know there are things that are dramatic, dynamic. This is 2013. There are crimes and abuses that have taken place in people's lives that are beyond our imagination. Look at these. Recently they found uh, uh, women that had been kidnapped for 10 years. How do you forgive? How do you forgive that man? Remember, it was a Quaker village, a group of Quakers. It was about three or four years ago. A man broke in and, 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 and took a bunch of them, hostages. Three of them, three of them were young women and shot and killed them. And the first thing, I, I thought that was one of the most amazing things. The, 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 the news media only reported it one time. I wish they would reported it for a week. The first thing that Quaker community did was gather together And go down to the jail where that man was held. And send a petition to him that said on the petition, We forgive you, we love you, and we're praying for you. In the Bible, Jesus hung on the cross. 100% humanity, 100% deity. God manifest in the flesh. Beaten, abused, and offered up by his own people. The priesthood offered the last spotless lamb. Beat him with a closed fist. Put a crown of thorns upon his head. Beat him with a cat of nine tails. Ripped all the skin off his back. Exposed his kidneys. Stuck a spear in his side. Put nails in his hands and feet. Hung him on a rugged cross. He cried out, Father, Father. Forgive them. For they know not what they do. He did not say, I forgive them. He said, Father, you forgive them. Stephen being stoned after preaching a beautiful message to those that desperately needed to hear the gospel, was rejected, taken outside the city and stoned. And the Bible said he looked up to heaven. His face shone as it were an angel. angel. And he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And Stephen said, lay not this sin to their charge. He didn't say, I forgive them. He said, Father, you forgive them. Because I'm not carrying this weight with me into eternity. There may be people in your life you don't think you can forgive. So you start the process by saying, Father, you forgive them. I ask you in the name of Jesus, you forgive them. Then you grace me to be able to forgive them And walk in love toward them. And I guarantee you God will heal the hurts of your past. You will walk in love in the present. Your future will be bright and exciting. And you will not be burdened by probably one of the things that causes more anxiety, more depression, more mental illness than anything else. And that is offense, being rejected, and being harmed or hurt. It will keep you mentally healthy all the days of your life if you walk in love amen you love the lord tonight lift your hands up and just tell him how much thank you for joining us today we trust that you enjoyed the podcast for service times and special events visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com you can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113 we are located at 2411 69th street galveston texas and remember to keep looking into jesus he is the author and the finisher of our faith